Welcome to the Walk Podcast of the Thompson Institute, a podcast for students and faculty on your walk across campus as a resource for your spiritual journey. I'm Aaron Badenhop. And I'm Jordan Browning. And we are your hosts and fellow Buckeyes. If you haven't yet, we'd encourage you uh, to subscribe to the Walk Podcast in the podcast app so that you can automatically get updates when the next episode is being released. Please rate our podcast in the app uh, as that makes it much easier for others to find the walk that are searching for us. In the final part of our interview with Dr. D. Silvestro, we ask him what uh, he might say to the student that disbelieves because of their suffering. And we ask how his experience as a university professor provided a metaphor for understanding the core message of Christianity. Are there uh, ways that you feel like you can identify at all with the student who says, like, I, I might want to believe in God. This evidence is somewhat compelling, but I just can't get over the hump because... Uh, this happened in my life, or like, what what would you say to that type of student? Do you like your alternative choice any better? Hmm. You know, you, you're you're kind of stuck. And no matter what you decide, there's there's something you know, you, there's something that you're not going to like about the decision. Like Bob Dylan said, you got to serve somebody. Hmm. No matter what you decide, something there's going to be something in there that you're not that you're under. You're not going to be completely comfortable with so I guess I would encourage people that do you you have to pick something not mm-hmm. picking anything is really not really a choice you're really choosing not to follow God if you don't pick anything mm-hmm. and I'd say is is the not following him any better than following him I, I would say mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. well uh, in another place in your writing you spend the time uh, kind of writing a, a metaphor or an, an analogy where you envision God being like a university professor, and you kind of flesh out this sort of metaphor in your writing. And I'm wondering if you could sort of verbally explain that uh, to, to an audience. Like, how, how does that work? Well, you know, being a professor, I tend to relate things to my own experience, and I guess we all do that to some extent. And I, I kind of thought of God as a professor. I thought he gives us grades and and... If we pass his tests, we get a reward. So in, in our earthly life, we go to college, professors give us tests. If we get through those tests, we get the reward of going on to grad school and eventually or, or getting a job. There's some reward of getting into some other program and eventually graduating from that and going on and making a career and hopefully you know, making a living and hopefully doing something we like doing. So there's a reward from passing tests. And I thought of God that way. He was a professor who gave me tests. And if I did well enough on the test, then I got my graduation reward was going to heaven. So I figured if God was like a university professor, he was one of those good guys that graded on a curve. So Mother Teresa kind of pulled the, the curve up, but Hitler kind of pulled the curve down. And I figured, all right, I may not be as good as Mother Teresa, but I'm a lot better than Hitler. So I think I probably pass. I'm not such a bad person. And that was my concept of God. But then later I realized that if God was like a professor, he actually expected us to get perfect scores on all our tests. And no one in the history of the world had ever done that except God in the flesh, Jesus, who's referred to as God's son, which um, is 
sometimes confuses people, that expression, is he the son of God or is he God? He's both. Son of God means he's the same essence of God, but he mm. takes took on certain limitations to walk on earth as, as a person. Mm. So uh, that's the only one that ever got a perfect score. So I realized if God was like a university professor, he looks at my score, he looks at Jesus' score, and said, his is better than yours, you fail. Mm. However, there's a catch here. You can have my son's score and he can have your score. So he took the punishment for my bad score. And it wasn't just flunking out of school. He was tortured and put to death by crucifixion. That was my failing grade that he got. And, and I get his passing grade and I get to have a relationship with God that starts now and eventually finishes in heaven. So now, one of the problems I've heard from, particularly from people in the church I grew up in, which was a big emphasis on passing the tests, hmm. they said, yeah, but that doesn't seem quite right. What if, uh, what if you accept that, that, um, that 100% grade, but you keep living a terrible life? Hmm. Uh, I, I guess there's two answers to that. Number one, okay, what if... Um, what if I got a free gift as a scholarship? What if some university professor said, you know, I, I like Bob and uh, he goofed off his senior year and he could have gotten into Harvard or Ohio State, but he didn't. He goofed off and failed this test. Didn't do well enough on his SATs, did lousy in his classes, but I believe in him. I'm going to give him a scholarship personally and I, I'm on the admission board. I'm going to let him in and I'm going to give him a scholarship. I could take that as a free gift, but if I did nothing with it, you know, what have I really gained? Similarly, with God, the reward is a relationship with him. If I have no interest in a relationship with him, then I really haven't taken the gift. I mean, yes, maybe I said, yeah, I'll take, I'll take that perfect grade, but I never did anything with it. I never took, just like if I got a scholarship to the university and then flunked all my classes because I didn't try, I may have accepted the scholarship, but I didn't take full advantage of it. Hmm. So that's one thing. The, the Bible talks about that. There's a parable called the sower of the seed, which is some of the seed fell in ground with weeds where it started to grow, but the weeds choked it out and it never took root and never, never blossomed. So you can have that. You can also have a situation where you've got to accept the free gift and you do a little bit, but you don't do everything you could do. So this could be like, uh, I'm a professor. I have a prize student and I say to him, him or her, hey, come work on my research with me. I want you to partner with me to help me do my work. That'd be really great. You want to do that. And, and they could say, yeah, that sounds really good. But, you know, they, get a, they do enough to pass their classes and graduate, but they never show up when I tell them, you know, you need to be in the lab at a certain time. They never show up. And, you know, they, they do just the bare minimum on their classes. They get through, but they really missed out on a lot. They really, yes, they graduate, but they, they really didn't experience all life had to offer, and they really didn't accomplish much mm. with their time. And this could be, there could be people like that, that you graduate and your professor passes you, but you really didn't please the professor and you really didn't do everything that you could have done. And the Bible talks about that, again, in the sower and the seed. It talks about some people bear tenfold fruit, other people bear a hundredfold fruit. Some people really accomplish something in their life and with their relationship with God, and someone just kind of do the minimum. Some barely pass. The, the Bible talks about that in the letter of 1 Corinthians. It said there are some people that are like someone running out of a burning house. Hmm. They themselves are saved, but they take nothing with them. 
And there's some Christians that are like that, just like what I described with the student and the professor. Yeah, I'm going to pass you, but boy, you could have done so much more. You could have helped me with my work. You could have gotten to know me, and you didn't do it. So you pass, but I'm kind of disappointed. And I think mm -hmm. some people have that kind of relationship with God where they do the minimum and they get by and they, they'll go to heaven, but they'll go to heaven without really developing a relationship with God now. And they kind of go into eternity without really taking any accomplishments with them. So I don't want to be that kind of a Christian. I want to be like the student that said, yeah, I'll take that 100% grade and I'll get to know my professor and I want to graduate experiencing all that I can experience. Hmm. That's great. Um, well, uh, I think the last question we had for you, um, kind of in light of, well, first I guess I even wanted to say thanks for even being willing to share, uh, even about your son and uh, yeah, I appreciated you sharing that and what that experience was like just not even that long ago having to to walk through that and i'm sure still continuing to walk through all those questions and doubts so appreciate you being willing to not just share that in our conversation but knowing that others are going to be hearing that um but even wanted to ask kind of in light of everything you've been saying um kind of for you personally like as a last like this is you know this is why i love jesus this is what capture captures my attention um, really, there's there's a lot of apologetic arguments. There's uh, lots of stories in the Bible, but it's like this is this is the thing that really grabs my heart, I guess. Well, I guess being a being a professor, I like knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge mm -hmm. is knowing facts. Wisdom is knowing what to do in a way that'll work well. And that was one of the things that first attracted me to Jesus when I read the Gospels for myself was that he did both. He knew things beyond what what a person can know. There's the story of a woman at the well and he starts telling her all about herself and he couldn't have known that just as a natural man or he predicts the destruction of Jerusalem. And I like that he, 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 had a, he has all the knowledge. I don't have all the knowledge in the world. No scientist, even the most brilliant scientist in his field knows every single thing about his field. There's still things we, we don't know, but God knows everything. So therefore, um, he can know what's best. He can guide me, and I can trust him even when I don't understand some things. Hmm. I can still trust God because I know he knows everything. He's also wise. He not only knows the facts, he knows things I don't know. Like I could say, why did David die? There may be some things I don't know <laughs> that could come into, into play. So he has all knowledge, but he also has all wisdom. <clears throat> he also knows the right reason to make decisions, and I can trust him on that too. And... I mean, we see that in the Gospels, for example. I just was so impressed how, how wise he was. People would come to him to trick him, and he would see right through the tricks and mm. say things that would just confound them. Mm. And uh, I just really admired how wise he was. So I can trust God because not only does he love me, I can trust him because he knows all the facts, and I don't, just like any other scientist. No scientist knows all the facts. I don't know all the facts, not only about my science field, but about everything to do with life. He knows all the facts, and he's got all wisdom to know how to make the right decisions, and so I can trust him. Well, Dr. DeSilvestre, thanks so much for your time in light of your busy schedule that you'd make time to, to be here and to answer our questions, and uh, yeah, thanks very much. Well, thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure.
I really like uh, what Dr. D. Sylvester had to say about his uh, metaphor of God being somewhat like a university professor. I think what I like about it is that I do think it's so common, it's sort of human nature for us to believe that there's this burden on us to perform, right? That that we really have to sort of make the grade. We have to do whatever we can to get that perfect score to sort of win God's approval by our own efforts. And it's really pretty cool to see how his experience as a university professor has allowed him to see this core message of Christianity of God's grace in, in a new light that that we get Jesus's perfect score when we're united to him by faith, that, that the burden is not on us to perform, but we get, we get Jesus's perfect score. And, and I just think that's an interesting angle on, on this good news of the gospel of grace. Yeah. Um, something that even stood out to me in this last episode as well was his, I think he had an interesting challenge for us that, um, and especially for those maybe, um, with doubts and questions, or or even those of us who have yet to embrace faith, um, to to consider the alternative. That even I feel like in this whole interview with Dr. D. Sylvester, he's presented, in a sense, maybe a case for us for why Christianity might make sense for us. Um, and he kind of stated there uh, at the end to to consider the alternative. Um, and I think even personally, I feel like there's a challenge there to consider, okay, uh, what are the logical, the emotional, the experiential conclusions to the faith system that I ascribe to? Um, and do they stack up uh, to what um, Dr. Sylvestro is, is trying to say? Um, and so not only, I think, is that a good challenge for, for those of us who maybe haven't um, uh, adopted Christianity as our faith, but uh, even for those of us within Christianity to think through, okay, like, um, yeah, periodically check in, like, why do I believe what I believe? Um, is this something that I'm still living for? Well, please stay tuned in the spring semester for our next episodes of The Walk. We suggest following the Thompson Institute on social media, on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook to stay up to date. And don't forget to mark your calendars for Thursday, February 28th for the Thompson Institute's special event, Are You Free? Christian and Atheist Scholars Seek to Make Sense of Our Innate Desire for Personal Freedom. Thanks so much for listening to the walk of the Thompson Institute. The personal views presented by the scholars and professors on our podcast do not represent the views of their employer. For upcoming events and for more information, visit the thompsoninstitute.org, a program of crew at Ohio State.